You're listening to the Menopause Movement Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. If you haven't taken advantage of the Menopause Movement beta course yet, sign up at menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones. We offer this $500 beta course at no charge to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials. Now, we normally require a lengthy application to join the course, but because you're a podcast listener, you can skip the application, go straight to the front of the line and get started on the material. Now, if you've always wanted to understand your hormones and manage your menopause naturally, this program is definitely for you. We just simply ask for feedback and testimonials so that we can improve the course to help more women. Just go to menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones to sign up for this program so that you can start to step out of that minnow muck that has kept you stuck. This is the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Today, we welcome my friend, Kim Walsh Phillips, to the podcast. Kim is the founder of Powerful Professionals, a business coaching and education company. She was recently named number 475 in the Inc. 5000 and is an MBA-free self-made millionaire. Named a must-read by those in business by Forbes magazine, she is the best-selling author of multiple books, including The Ultimate Guide to Instagram for Business and The No BS Guide to Direct Response social media marketing. She's spoken around the world and coached some of the biggest brands and thought leaders, having worked alongside Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Kevin O'Leary, Dr. Nito Keeban, Dan Kennedy, Bill Glazer, and Gary Vaynerchuk, just to name a couple. She resides just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, with her very tall husband and her glitter-obsessed girls. She's fueled by faith, love, laughter, and lots and lots and lots of coffee. One thing I love about Kim is that she took a risk to become more, and we talk about that today. Also, she spends a lot of time reminding us what we want that we may only hear in that still small voice also wants us. The biggest point for us to take is the small consistent actions with the certainty that comes from following our purpose. Buckle up because today's podcast is a great one. During the podcast, we discuss making an impact. What led Kim to pivot to her passion? The role surrender played in her pivot? The definition of selling? Money mindset, what happens when you journal your prayers and keep good records? What actually is a zone of genius? Goal setting and her five to thrive philosophy, keeping focused, how to create a shortcut to success and stay to the end for a powerful reminder about where ideas come from and why we were created. At the end of the episode, make sure you visit drmichellegordon.com forward slash podcast where you can find the show notes plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. And if you enjoy the episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you're always the first to know when each episode is released. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't left a review yet, what are you waiting for? Let's get those reviews going. Thanks for all the five-star reviews. And when you review the podcast, it helps more women to find it, to get the help they need during the disruption of menopause because no one should have to go it alone. Thanks again for being a part of the menopause movement. Now let's get to Kim. Kim, I want to welcome you to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm super, super excited. We've known each other for quite a while now, and uh, I've watched your successes in business and in authoring, and we've had you know a number of conversations around success and 
what that means. And love to have you just talk to our audience a little bit about maybe your background. You know, you're you're not menopausal yet. You still have young children, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm on, I'm in my late forties though. So I'm getting there. Okay. All right. (laughs) Have you had any symptoms like maybe some unexplained weight gain or maybe some sweating at night? Definitely the heat. Um, I could explain the weight gain. (laughs) I know where that's (laughs) from. Very explainable, but yeah. COVID-19. Right, 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 right. No, I mean, definitely metabolism seems to slow down and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. But yeah, I definitely can see a difference in hormones and the changes and and definitely temperature. There's that variation for sure. Sure. Yeah. So you're an entrepreneur and you built an agency to, you know, multiple seven figures and, you know, you're able to exit that and sell it. And one, one of the things that I like to do here on the Menopause Movement podcast is talk to entrepreneurs because a lot of women who are in menopause come up with this, there's an existential crisis about like, I don't know who I am right now and looking for purpose. And so we talk about purpose, quite a few people. And then it's like, you know, what do I know? And how can I help other people? And how can I serve people? And that, you know, that happened for me. You know, I was a surgeon and I had a multiple seven figure surgical practice that I closed because I became really, really passionate about helping women you know, understand menopause. And so I think that it's really relevant for us to talk about how to start a business. And that's why I love to talk to entrepreneurs on this podcast. I love that. And it's that phase of life, right? How do we go from doing something to doing something that makes an impact? Mm -hmm. And I think once we get through the day-to-day chaos of needing to survive and we get into this phase of life where we can take a moment to reflect, not that we're not busy, but we allow ourselves to look at things in a more inward thought process that we want to have made a difference and not just within our family and our home, but also with those that we interact with in our career. And it's a beautiful thing to watch when people start getting that bug or that inkling or that whisper, or I would even say that frustration. I think this is the phase of life that things that you used to be super happy doing start not bringing that level of joy. And that's not an accident. That's because at this season, you're being called to do something else. Yeah, that's great. I think we have to really talk about the importance of legacy, right? And one thing that that happens to us as we age is we start to look at our own mortality and our parents die. We start looking at like, what are we going to leave behind for our children? And how is that going to work for us? And that I think is one of the things, you know, that contributes to our own existential crisis as we go through menopause. And not everyone's going to have an existential crisis. I sure did. You know, and I had like a spiritual awakening where I was, you know, an atheist and now I'm not. And you know, that kind of thing happened for me. And that's my story. But in terms of how you came about to where you are now, I'd like to hear your story, how you went from, you know, doing the digital media, the agency, and now kind of helping people find their passion and then monetize it. It's so crazy because tracing it back, right? You start to think about when was the first time I heard that? And it goes all the way back to me, like when I was in my early twenties and I was working with the youth of my church. Like I remember sitting with each one of them And being able to see this vision of where they were supposed to go and like connecting their gifts to that. But it was one of those things that I thought, this is amazing, but it was kind of like, this has to go over to the side. I have to focus on what I'm here for as a career, but it kept popping up. It kept popping up with different messages that would be given to me or thoughts that I had or things that I couldn't get out of my head and off of my heart. And I know that to be true now when that's happening, we're supposed to pay attention. 
Mm. And it's this really interesting thing. I would have an incredible, an incredible growth in my firm. We were doing marketing for clients and I would have incredible growth. And it would seem like every time things would start crushing it, something would happen either physically, emotionally, spirit, something. It was always something that would cause a dip to say, this isn't right. And it never felt right. It never felt like this is actually what's supposed to happen. And I kept having these thoughts, like this little whisper that would happen all the time, like Kim, you're meant to do more. You're meant to reach more, serve more, do more. Right. And whenever we would grow the firm, we would start to break apart at 30 clients. We couldn't handle anymore. And I was at a, I'd actually gone to a Joel Osteen event. I wanted to see, this is the nerd I am. I want to see how he ran a huge stadium event and had an impact on people from an emotional standpoint, right? Because I've always been interested in this. Yeah. But I had my own experience there where I really felt a strong calling that I was meant to serve over a million people and I couldn't do it running a company that did one-to-one services. Yeah. So... I start to, to grapple with this, but it was, Michelle, it was probably five years later that I was still thinking about it, still scared to sell, still scared to give up the income that we had. And it was one day when I was in church and I, I'm someone who definitely is, gets very distracted very easily. So to keep myself focused, I bring a notebook and I'll take notes during service so that way I can focus on what's being said. So I'm just taking some notes ahead of the service and I just start hearing this whisper so loud of like, you are meant for more. And I finally said, okay, God, it's yours. And I wrote this whole thing down and I'm getting all emotional. And, you know, my pastor is a good friend of mine. When he lives in New Jersey, he's right there. And I'm trying not to do like the ugly cry, you know, and then service starts and he plays a video of Chip and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper. Mm -hmm. And Joanna tells the story of her first boutique she ever had. And how she everything's going so great. She loves the boutique. It's amazing. And then she starts getting this whisper that, Joanna, I have big plans for you. You're meant to impact more. It was like word for word. What I had just written in my journal was being spoken to me from the screen. And so I'm like, I'm trying not to like... And I finally said, okay, God, it's yours. And that week, I'm getting almost to the next. It's a good reminder all the time how yeah. like there's a bigger thing. That week, Michelle, I got three offers from my company without ever having put it on the market. So that's really, so we talk a lot about spirituality on this podcast and we, you know, there's not one, only one path to God. There's many paths to truth. And it's so interesting to see that when we surrender to something greater than ourselves and we hear, we listen to that still small voice and we pay attention to our emotions. Mm-hmm. Because our emotions are the beacon that, that yeah. we don't even know what the hell to do with most right. of the time because <laughs> we're not taught that. Right. But when we really, so, so there's this whole point of surrender. And it's not surrender in the fact of like, you know, how we think about surrender in, in terms of like throwing up the white flag and war, but it's more like, okay, if this is the goal, if, if this is the calling, and I get this, I get exactly what you're saying, because, you know, if my calling is to help millions of women, you know, end the suffering of menopause, transcend the symptoms and become their best selves naturally, then, you know, I have to kind of understand that that's the end point. And what's going to happen is all the messy middle is going to take care of itself. And that's hard. That surrender part is hard. It is so hard. But here's the thing that I've come to learn. So we do this and I sell the company within 60 days and I start having all my focus be on our coaching business. 
And within one year, we went from servicing those 30 clients to having over 11,000 coaching clients just that first year. 11,000. And so my big truth is always going to be, I have no no regrets at all, except, and this is the big one you hear from every single person who surrenders. The only regret is that I didn't do it sooner because I think about the 11,000 that could have been the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. You will never ever hear someone who finally gives into that say to you, I wish I had waited longer to do that. Never. Yeah. (laughs) I wasted time up to that point. So I love that, that you're saying that, and we can't help people, right? We can't, it's like the goal of the menopause movement is to help millions of women around the world, right? That's the goal in the suffering of menopause. Suffering is optional. Great. You know, but at the same time, there's a transaction that has to happen, right? Because, you know, as James Wedmore likes to say, the transformation is in the transaction. So when somebody actually believes in themselves enough to invest, to take that action, to go and start serving, start not, you know, serving others or invest in themselves so that you can serve them. There's a mindset shift that's required of us as the people who are, you know, selling, right? Is selling really sleazy? No, it's serving. And to get to that point, you know, and to help others see that we're not being sleazy, we're just trying to help you. We're trying to help you. And the way that you can do that is to understand that you've got to invest in yourself, right? Yeah, you do. And I I have one coaching client and he lives in uh, South America and he's this really fabulous Latin accent. And he just always says, selling is love. (laughs) Selling is love. It's like it you is, can, yeah. If you are not willing to sell something to someone who needs it, then you are not loving on them. Like showing up and being willing to make an offer to somebody that can change their life. That's how you show them love because you're putting your ego behind your mission. Yeah. And it is, I believe that's so true. So I, for example, like as a quick aside, I'm running a challenge right now, right? And and by the time this runs, I'm sure we will, it'll be done. But so that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I have 6,500 people in there. It's a free challenge. And we made an offer for people to take a course, right? So that's mm-hmm. the next step, free challenge to course. And there people are thanking this is great. It's awesome. People signing up. And then some people are like, how could you, how could you make an offer when all the things are going on inside the world? And my response is like, I appreciate you. I love on you. And how could I not make you an offer? How could I not give you an opportunity to work with me more if you wanted to? How could I keep that opportunity from you? Because I'm nervous at what you were going to say. And I say that for the reason of being, how could you not invest in yourself if you want other people to invest in you, right? So if you're looking for big change to happen in your own life, you have to be willing to make some big steps and do things that aren't convenient but we'll get you to the end of having that commitment that the, now is the time to make a change. I love that. So what I'd like to hear back from you a little bit is what are the things specifically that held you back from the surrendering that you had to do to actually take those next steps? There's definitely been a scarcity mentality around money. Okay. And so I was fearful that without having that recurring revenue coming in by the month that we were going to survive. Mm -hmm. And so being deep in prayer and faith is what protected me on that one, because I've always been provided for, I've, it's always worked out. Okay. 
and it was going to work out okay in that situation. I just had to operate under an understanding of knowing that that was going to be true and just sitting it whenever I would start to feel concerned that that's not what was going to happen. I had to go back in the, but you are not in control here. You have to let that pass over to somebody else. That was a big one. That was probably the biggest. I would say it was all based in fear. It wasn't based in, and maybe a little bit of the, who am I to do this? But I worked on that very- A little bit of imposter syndrome. A little bit, but I- I spent a lot of time in that space being even when I owed my agency, we had to work with people because they were putting out their marketing message. So I did a lot of coaching to even my individual clients. And so I had to get right myself with that idea if I was going to help them. So that one was okay. It really was the money fear. That was my number one thing. And you know, ironically, right? We sell that company and within three years, I made more revenue in my coaching firm than I ever made in my agency. And it was kind of like that picture of for those, and whether you believe in Jesus or not, there's that cool picture with the little kid who has the tiny little teddy bear and they won't let go. And he's holding the huge teddy bear behind him. (laughs) Like, just let go of this little thing. I have this big present for you. It's one of these famous posters, you know? It was that idea. There was this huge thing just waiting for me. I just had to say, okay, I'm ready. It's I'm ready for it. Here, let go of the thing I have so I can get the thing that's waiting. Right. I think that that's such a big step for anyone who wants more in their life or anyone who's trying to live their purpose is to understand you know, that money doesn't come from our work or from, it doesn't come from the job we're doing or the service we're providing. Money comes from the source of everything. And when you get aligned with the source of everything and you start living your purpose, you're always going to be taken care of. And when I look back at my life, when I was was in my twenties and I didn't have anything and I was driving an old beater car and didn't, I really, I cooked for myself. I would cook once a week and take the food or or I had this job where I had to help this disabled woman learn how to eat. And that sometimes was the only, I, I would eat at their home. And that was sometimes the only time I would eat because I didn't have money to buy food, but I was provided, you know? And if you can take it an accounting of the fact that the universe does provide for us, God does provide for us, if you believe in God, then it does help us to surrender a little bit more. But there's still this whole feeling of leaping over, you know, a chasm or into, you know, leap and the net will appear. I mean, there there is some trust that's involved. In, and that I think is really hard for a lot of people. It's hard for me. And the easiest way to develop that piece of the I'm willing to lean in is to start to journal your prayers. Because when you start to journal your prayers, you can see a clear line of how they were answered. And I am also de- data driven. You know, my favorite quote is, and God, I trust everyone else bring data. I am very much a data person. And so I collect data that reinforces my prayer journey has how they've been answered. And I, those that I've had do it when I'm coaching clients do it, it, they see the same path that, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much I worried about it. And look how this was provided for. And look at this thing that was working all alongside of me in parallel that was just mm-hmm. about to come across into my path. That's, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, there's something that we teach inside the menopause movement that is that what you think about expands, right? And so when you think about lack, you're going to have more lack. And when you think about abundance, you're going to have more abundance. And that's not, you know, law of attraction. That That is just, you know, the, the, the way things work. You're going to attract more. You're going to tell your subconscious what you want by what you think about. And so it's, that's, that comes back to, you know, how important it is for us to manage our thoughts and to let go of those negative things that, that tend to hold us back. And so 
with with you as you as you made this shift, what what was the number one thing you had to let go of after your fear? Do you think? I I don't think there was anything else. I think I had leaned into it. I was full in on wanting to serve others. I always have been in the most impactful way possible. I am someone who needs other people. Like I do feed off of other people. And I knew that I was only going to take a deal to sell that would allow me to keep the people I was closest with in my Mm -hmm. firm. So I think that maybe would have been something I would have had to have dealt with. Like you can do this by yourself that concept where I don't believe I can, I believe I need a team because I know there's only certain things that I'm good at. So I didn't have to work with that because I didn't have to do that. That was all good. I mean, and as you know, Michelle, within our entrepreneurial space, it's, it's some people sell and they have a hard time because their identity is now gone and I'm no longer head of a company, but I got to sell and go right into, I literally took the money we got for selling and used it to buy ads so that I could start my own company, the new company successfully. So there, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't anything else. I'm going to give a quick thing on that positive, on that thought process though. And this has nothing to do with business. I have used that. I've done a lot of thought work around eating and food and weight loss and working on the mental part of it. I've always done well with the physical and the dieting when I'm doing those things. But Mm -hmm. I, as a former smoker, who would lean in on that when I wasn't eating, when I had to manage things around not eating after children and not wanting to ever pick up that habit again, I had a really hard time. And that's when I started working on the mindset and beyond a lot of other things like recognizing, you know, if I'm angry at my husband, eating a cookie is not going to make that any better. And I would (laughs) never tell my best friend, you know what you should do? You should go eat a cookie. Like that would never happen. I started the positive visualization of picturing myself eating the healthy food and how good that makes me feel. I never picture anymore, ever, not eating something that's maybe more decadent and not being able to do that. Like I never picture the negative part of it. Mm. I always visualize here at 2 p.m. today, here is the picture of you eating this lunch and loving on you, loving yourself, right? And so that actually made, it was like shifting how the wiring of my brain works, changing that. I don't have any deprivation. I have things planned into my schedule that I do enjoy on a consistent basis. And that's made a difference too. There's no wrong foods or right foods, but picturing the positive versus the the negative has made a huge impact on me. Yeah. That's, that's a really great tip when it comes to weight loss or just about anything that, you know, women in menopause really want to lose weight. And so let's remember that our brains don't know the difference between real and imagined, and they don't know the difference between positive and negative. And so when you say that, you know, I'm not going to eat something, your brain thinks that you're going to. And so it's really important for us to shift that thinking to this is what I really want. And to see us eating, you know, our eating the healthy thing, the green smoothie, the salad, the avocado, the whatever, and really enjoying it and knowing that we're going to get those benefits from it. I love that. So you mentioned here that I'm looking at your outline. I always have guests give me an outline to help me with the interview. And you talk about how passion is not an accident. Can you speak about that? The things that we love to do are not an accident. I believe there are God-given superpowers. And the things that you hate doing, that's not an accident. Those are the things you're not supposed to do. So I truly believe that if it doesn't make you smile, you should automate it, delegate it, or eliminate it. You shouldn't be doing it. And there's a reason for that because we were given gifts to be used to benefit others, not ourselves. And if we spend all of our time in that space, 
incredible things happen, not only for us, but for those around us. And I live and breathe that. I have that to be the case for everybody on my team, everybody who works for me. The same thing with my husband, my children. We all work in our zones of genius in our daily activities every single day. And if it's not one of those, I am finding a way for someone else to do it or for it to be automated or for it to no longer have to be done. So for people who are new to this kind of language, what would you call, I mean, you did say a little bit that if it doesn't make you happy, that you shouldn't be doing it, but what is truly a zone of genius? What would you, how do you define that? Something that you really love doing when you think about your tasks for the week, the things on your to-do list, where you're like, oh, I can't wait. That thing is the thing that you should be doing more of. So for me, I love to write. I love to coach and I love to speak and perform. Like um, that's what I love to do. And I believe that those gifts were given to me on purpose. And I love, absolutely love spending uh, quality time with my children. And that's my other place. I don't love to cook. I don't love to run errands. I don't, there's a lot of things I don't love to do and I don't do them. Like I don't do them, even though those are the traditional things that I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I I don't do any of them. So I can spend more time. I don't outsource the childcare of my, my kids. That's me. But I, every single other thing in my life, I do not touch. I don't run an errand. I don't cook a meal and I don't clean my house. I, none of those things. I don't decorate my own porch. And that sounds like it's such an extreme but I have so much time in my day. And so I spend it doing the things that bring me absolute joy because that's what brings others the most joy of what I do. I love that. I hear you about not cooking. I've had somebody cooking for me since 2013. You have, yeah. Yeah, it's made such a difference in terms of just not having to think about that. And it's a lot less expensive than most people think, you know, you hear about somebody having a private chef and it's always, you know, somebody like Oprah or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's not that bad. So, and you don't even have to have a private chef. You can just hire somebody to cook and they'll drop off meals. So that's, that's a little life tip. So, (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about goal setting and the importance of goal setting and how that can help. When I look at goal setting, I look at it in whole body, which it's always interesting to me that some people are, are setting They focus on setting goals for business or setting goals for spiritual or health, but you are the same person all the time for all those things. So if you don't plan them together, they're going to be very difficult to have happen. I look at our 24 hours, the same as I do a checking account. We have a limited amount of time and we Mm -hmm. literally have to plan the things we put in. So I follow a five to thrive philosophy that I am always planning my personal family health spiritual and business are all part of my planning. I have my number one goal for each one of those areas. I break them into monthly, quarterly, and weekly daily goals. Each one of them are on my schedule and I am working towards a major goal every single week for each of them. And it's micromanaging myself, but if I don't, one of those five areas is always put on the backside, right? It could be a few months that I'm like, you know what? I haven't spent any major time in prayer. I haven't spent any major time in devotion. Or I could say, oh, you know what? I've gone two months without a date night with my husband. I can be spontaneous. There is white space in my calendar. Everything's not scheduled out to the nth degree. There's opportunities to say yes to great things, but the most important things, my big rocks always go on my calendar first. Great. I love that. And do you use a, Is there a specific goal planner that you use, a daily goal planner that you use? We, we actually create one in my company. It's called the Made to Thrive Planner based on that concept. 
Yeah. I love that. I've tried a number of planners and I usually peter out with them after a couple of months. I, it's either too much work or it's not focused enough or I'm not able to follow through. And I, I've tried like getting things done, which mm-hmm. is the most boring book I ever tried to read. I couldn't finish it. That David Allen book. Yeah, I, I like it. It is boring. It's totally out of date. I have followed that. That one is good to get stuff off your planner. All the stuff that you and I have talked about before, the, all yeah. the Rockefeller habits and all of that is really good. Yeah. This has just come over time of coaching and seeing where people struggle. And I've seen that typically when I have found a very successful entrepreneur in one aspect, something else is suffering. Mm-hmm. And I always looked at, because we're planning things separately each time. Everything needs to be planned together because we're the same person every day of our lives. So um, there's one more I have that I like, and I always keep this over here because it's another one. Then I'll jot things in quickly and then I transfer it. It's super simple. It's called, it's by the Every Girl Day Designer Planning Calendar. I like that one. Mm -hmm. That's great. You're known as somebody who helps people get a lot of leads on social media, right? To build your group or to build your page really quickly. What do you see as the purpose of social media for the entrepreneur specifically? And then to follow that up, I would say for the consumer. I, and I would go even to the first part. It's not just for the entrepreneur, it's for all people because I believe everybody has a message they should be sharing with others always, okay? And so I look at social media as an opportunity to quickly be, make an impactful difference in other people's lives. There is no other channel that offers you that level of access for free at a moment's notice. Like you cannot do that in any other platform. You can't just go jump on the television and and distribute content or the newspaper. You have to get permission, but on social media, you don't, unless you screw some things up, they won't take you off. And so you have an opportunity. (laughs) Unless you're Trump. Oops, I didn't say that. (laughs) They screw things up, then they take you off. But they're... And there's even a place for people who do get taken off to go have an impact, right? So like there's an opportunity there. And so that's why my heart is literally in unlocking the power of social media for people who are overwhelmed by it, because I have found incredible people with amazing messages who do not share it because they find digital marketing intimidating. It is intimidating. I'm sorry. I I agree. I think it is intimidating. It's hard to know what, you know, what to post or what's the hashtag to use or, you know, do I, do I go live or do I do a little video or, I mean, there's so many, there's a lot of choices to make and that can feel overwhelming, but what we can't do is allow confusion to keep us stuck, right? We have to just pick one thing and it doesn't have to be all the things. It's one thing. But there's literally someone waiting to hear from you right this very second. And if you allow the, oh, I don't get it to keep you from doing that, you're truly putting your ego in front of your mission. And none of us want to do that. And so I want to unlock the power that social media marketing has to make an impact on others. And it doesn't have to, I mean, business, it's incredibly impactful because you could reach your exact target market right this very second. But it's even from the perspective of, I just had uh, did a project for a NICU in our community. And they could start to use that from a perspective of having some of the parents share what their story was in that hospital so they could get more donations or a s- specific parent about the benefits of certain foods if their child has to go gluten-free. Like there's mm-hmm. so many things that you can do utilizing social from a monetary perspective, but much more so the impact you can have quickly. That's great. So social media is important. 
for anyone who wants to, you know, get a message out there. And, you know, I know know plenty of people who never spent a dollar on Facebook ads and have big, big followings because they were consistent and followed, you know, certain protocols that that they learned as they were going. Where there was a weird flip and they had a lucky moment because that happens (laughs) too. Yeah. 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 But when it comes to, let's say, moving into something new, right? What you have in your outline here, why career change? And I think this is so important for the women and the men. There's some men who listen to this podcast, but, or watch it. But for the most part, it's women who are looking to have more of an impact. And, you know, it's kind of like me having a a career change now in my fifties. How can you speak a little bit to the importance, you know, of career change and what that means? If you're feeling a calling, it's not an accident. It's truly a suggestion to move to a different lane. And it might be so difficult and so hard and so treacherous where you are right now. And there's this beautiful, smooth path to the side that if you just would be willing to look a little bit towards the right, you could begin to merge in. It doesn't have to be dramatic like Kent Clark becoming Superman. Like, I think that's how people see it. There has to be this major dramatic, like, I'm making a change and this is all the things and look at me. It doesn't need to be that way. It can be truly little steps each day that you take towards making that transition. But every small step will get you towards that giant leap. And if you just break it down with the, what are the even a hundred things I have to do to make it happen? If you just did one each day within two years, they would be done right? Like we're one each week, two years, it would be done. So it's really just about starting to allow yourself to dream and then move towards that dream that will make all the difference. Yeah. So if you've ever dreamed of being your own boss or starting something new, then I think what, you know, what's really great about this is that even if it's not, let's, let's not even talk about like entrepreneurship, but let's talk about weight loss, right? There are certain things that you have to do in order to lose weight. And you can't lose a hundred pounds overnight. I say this all the time, right? But what you can do is you can change 1%. And if you change 1% on a regular basis, then that adds up. And it's kind of like, you know, John Wooden, who was the uh, UCLA basketball coach for years and was probably the winningest coach of all. He talked about how when you practice with purpose, there is this this whole thing, like you can have 1% of conditioning improve or, or maybe a 1% improve on the jump, right? The vertical jump. And then what happens over time is you get this accumulation of, oh my God, it's amazing. Things are, you know, and then it looks like there's a big change, but what's happened is little teeny, teeny incremental changes that happen, you know, to make something that looks really big. And that's how we make our changes. We have to change who we're being. We have to become somebody different, Mm -hmm. become that person who lost that weight. And that's, I think, the hardest part. And that's where having help, having a community, having accountability really comes into play for those changes. It absolutely does because our mind wants to go back to how it's wired. (laughs) And if we're going to change that wiring, there needs to be some accountability that continues to call us to that new way of thinking. Yeah, so behavior change is not easy. And when it comes to like wanting something, right? wanting to shape your body, wanting to change your life, wanting to any sort of change. What I've found in the last, gosh, I guess it's been six or seven years of studying behavior change in order to improve my own life is that we think about behavior change a lot. 
but we don't take action. There's a whole spiral of it. And, and you spend a lot of time thinking about it. And then you might like develop a plan and then you might actually take some action, but the actions don't really happen until you get some accountability or, you know, and you're going to actually make these changes when you start to tell people about them. That's where the community, you know, the, the coaching comes in or the, or the membership or the, you know, whoever is going to help you, you know, make those changes really does make a huge difference. And it's also somebody like Tony Robbins will say, you can just make a change just like that, but that's not really how it works. Behavior change doesn't happen. It, you may make the decision in a minute, but in order to continue to take those consistent actions, that requires accountability and it takes time. And it's 90 days to probably 365 plus to actually consistently have behavior change. And it's up and down and up and down, right? That's where I think it's so important to have somebody like you to help with the coaching, you know, your whole coaching program to, you know, follow the step-by-step things that's going to make, make things happen. I believe that there is someone out there who's achieved that dream that you're trying to achieve and has had success with it. And you should seek their blueprint. Because that is the ultimate shortcut. We weren't created to each one of us reinvent the wheel. The wheel's already been invented. It's our job to ride upon that wheel and go faster and farther. And the same is true for you for whatever it is that you're trying to do. So stop, stop believing that you are a unique snowflake and your thing <laughs> is so new and true that there's not anybody that you can follow. Stop taking advice from people who've never achieved the thing that you want to do, because that's not going to be helpful in any way. But do seek out somebody who has achieved the thing you're trying to do so that you can follow their blueprint, because that is the ultimate shortcut when it comes to getting success and whatever thing you're going after. I love that. Yeah. Following other people has probably been the thing that's helped me the most. And I'll tell you though, when when I was really looking for a solution for menopause, I really had a hard time finding anybody who could guide me through it. I was ready to shell out money. Like, oh my God, this is so disruptive. Help me, help me, help me. I couldn't find anything that made any sense. And I was looking for a course because I'm I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a lifelong learner. I was like, okay, there's gotta be a course. And I couldn't find one. I found a bunch of scholarly articles that made no sense, you know. And and that sort of thing. And that, that's where I came in and started, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to build this. But what took me six years, you know, I lost 50 pounds over six years. It took takes my students eight, nine months because they've got a path to follow. That's what's so amazing. So you write here, this whisper to do something new. What, what, what is that? If there's something that continually repeats to you in your ideas, or it won't get off your heart or out of your head, if it's what you find yourself thinking about often and daydreaming, that's not an accident. That's something being given to you. And you may seem, I don't know if you've ever seen this, Michelle, but we all get these ideas sometimes. And then like shortly thereafter, we see somebody else doing something that looks just like that idea. I believe those ideas are being being given to us all, all the time. And with the knowledge that not everybody's going to move on them and that we need to do something with that idea because that's given to us for that reason to do that thing. So that goes back into the journaling, those thoughts, start to write them down. Some of us have, I I believe one of my spiritual gifts is my deep faith. I can clearly hear, I can clearly interpret, and I can clearly take action on things. But not everyone has that, and that doesn't make you any less likely to get those messages. It just means you have to spend a little more time paying attention and listening, and the benefit to do that is to write it down. It'll start to become more clear to you as you do that, exactly what that whisper is saying. 
That's great. You know, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that in her book, Big Magic. And she talks about how ideas can transfer from one person to another. Have you read that book? I haven't. No, it's a, Big Magic is a beautiful, beautiful book that she talks about a an idea for a novel that she had about doing construction in the Brazilian rainforest. And she knows exactly when that idea transferred from her to another author because she put it aside. And th- there is, when we look at the spirituality, you know, when, when we start to, to really understand that we're probably not, this is just a temporary vessel for a spiritual being, and we get to, we get to come back to understanding our spirituality, and that's kind of maybe part of the goal of us coming t- into these sacks of, there's a, an ability to connect to the source of all. And when we get this connection, we can start to download more. And that's where I think what you're saying about writing and journaling really comes into play. And it was very, very helpful. Is there anything else you were hoping to share today with the audience? I want them to know that they're not an accident. They're not supposed to become something else. They are here with a purpose, on purpose, and they were created to thrive. And if you're not thriving with who you are right now, it's not because you're supposed to change. It's because the environment in which you were in is supposed to change because you were meant to be doing something else for someone else at some other time. So I I love on you, whoever you are, and you were created for this exact reason. And I want you to find your joy and purpose because that's why you were here on this earth. Yeah, I love that. You're created to thrive. That's, that's so great. And so where can people find you? You can go right to our site, powerfulprofessionals.com. We have a lot of goodness up on there. That's great. Well, Kim, thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement today. I really appreciate you. Oh, it was so great chatting with you. I always love time I could spend with you, Michelle. Thanks. Did you know that menopause is not a medical condition? Most doctors don't know this either. I like to say that menopause is the privilege of a long life, and to really take hold of our lives in menopause, we have to unlearn what society and the medical establishment has told us about menopause. This is why I've created this brand new course called Understanding Your Hormones and Managing Your Menopause. I want to show you how you can get on top of your menopause right now so that you can start to see it as the best time of your life. Now, this course is valued at $500 and is in the beta testing phase. And we're currently accepting applications for women to test it out for us at no charge in exchange for feedback and testimonials. But the best part is because you're a podcast listener, you can bypass the application process and go straight to the front of the line. To register right now, simply visit menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones and we can get started together right now. Remember, you can get started right now at no charge to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials when you go to menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones. And I'll see you inside the course. Thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. 